Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. advice from old pro turkey hunters like this the turkeys typically don't like i think more times than not to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning especially after he gets up it's a blinding thing it it, it's just like you it's hard for you to see into the sun Mm -hmm. so if i have a choice i'm going to try to make it so that i'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in. And now... For this week's show. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 312, a fall gobbler turkey hunt. And I am your co-host and the guy who is actually helping his old buddy Cameron out doing some scouting for him. And I'm your co-host and the guy who's making a giant pot of turkey stock right now Mm -hmm. yeah so that's gonna be good but i'm I'm way more interested in yours so (laughs) of course you are i need gps coordinates how many gobblers you seen beard lengths spur lengths number of feathers i have yet to lay eyes on them so i'm still looking around trying to find them as soon as i get my eyes on them i'll drop some pins Send those to you on Onyx, but as of right now, I have not seen any turkeys on Hilton Head Island. Yeah, is there is there much accessible, huntable public land located on Hilton Head Island, South Carolina? There's quite a few golf courses. That'll work. As long as they don't know I'm there, you know, that'll be great. Yeah, I mean, a 12-gauge <laughs> going off sounds a lot like somebody hitting a driver on the third. Well, you just... Off. 
you know, I can get creative. I, I take my golf clubs, but then slipped in with a with a cover on it to make it look like a club, the barrel of my shotgun in the bag. Mm-hmm. And I'll put a driver cover over the barrel. And then when that gobbler walks out on hole seven, thinking, oh, it's just another golfer, bang, never yep. knew what hit him. And then I walk yep. over there in my knickers and pick him up, take him home. I didn't know you wore knickers. Only when I golf. Okay. I'm a traditional golfer. Yeah. The two times I've been. (laughs) (laughs) That makes perfectly good sense. Yeah. So some turkey stock, huh? Oh, yeah. I got all the scraps from a smoked gobbler that you guys may hear about today. Smoked him whole and took all the scraps, bones, neck, everything that was left over from him. And it's in a pot right now with some onions, celery, carrots, bay leaves, peppercorns, and coriander. And that is all simmering from now till about 8 o'clock tonight. Very good. Well, that's not the only cooking you've been doing, is it? You've been cooking a little bit of other wild game, too. Oh, yeah. The backstrap recipe that you sent me, holy cow. That was incredible, man. I'm telling you that like sit around when it comes to eating. Oh my gosh. The poor poor deer on my family farm smacked. Yeah. I mean there's right. there's no management here. There's no you know, I'm gonna wait till he's fifteen years old. I've been watching him on camera every day. I mean if it's brown, he's going down and the back straps are coming home. See now you know why I told you what I told you about what my plan is if I can make it up to your farm this year to deer hunt. Yeah, uh, shoot as many as you want. I just need a backstrap off everything you kill. That's going to be the the payment. Backstrap off of each deer? At least one, yeah, for sure. I'm telling you, that was incredible. Yeah, so which variation of the recipe did you cook? I did the whole strap rolled and tied. Okay, and did you use Italian sausage or breakfast sausage? Italian. Yeah, hard to beat the Italian sausage. Oh, it, it complemented perfectly. And then the goat cheese, I did just like you said. I treated it like baby bear and got it just right. And it, mm. it, it was it was unreal. It was so good. Audrey said she wouldn't have minded more goat cheese, but she like loves goat cheese. I thought it was just right. Good. I'm so, glad y'all that. Oh my gosh, incredible. I'm I'm planning on sharing that to my Instagram at some point, if that's okay with you, unless it's like some old Galliano family secret, but No, it's not. And you know, the more people that can use that and enjoy it, the better. That's well, my if they use it, they'll enjoy it. It's easy, man. You know, that's so easy. Oh, yeah. it's so easy. I got your text that you sent me. It's kind of a lengthy text, but then when you actually do it, it was like, wow, that was easy. Yeah. And the jacquard, man, that that really <laughs> makes it tender. <laughs> the jacquard's the real deal. Yeah, I'm I'm a big jacquard guy now. That was nice. Made it very tender. Mm-hmm. And so I had that last night. I had turkey heart for breakfast this morning, and I'm gonna cook the deer heart this evening. So I'm full of heart that today. You'd think it was Valentine's Day. Well, we're pretty close to Valentine's Day. I don't know what exact countdown is, but I can tell you that we are less than five months away now to the opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. In fact, we are 149 days, 13 hours, 30 minutes, and 28 seconds away. Oh, man. Less than 150. 
I like it. That means we must be 163 days, 13 hours, and 16 minutes from opening day in Tennessee. Very good. I'm ready to go spring turkey hunt. Well, there's probably good reason you're fired up and ready for spring. Because <laughs> uh, I pretty much just had a hunt. <laughs> yeah, you you had a spring hunt in October. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, it's Kind of feels like I've found some kind of treasure that that's just been sitting out there in the open, and and I never decided to open the chest kind of thing. It October turkey hunting's pretty dead gum fun. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to share this story with us, or do you just want to make me pick it out of you piece by piece? Yeah, or? I just I don't know. You know, I might make you make you work for this one, but I guess I'll share it with you guys. Everybody's been pretty good listeners so far, so I'll share my story with you. All right. So, so the, when I left off, when we left off with you last time, you had a couple of birds located. Yes. So I'll just start from the beginning. Not this past Friday, but the Friday before, I found some gobbler tracks in a cut bean field. And the day before that, I had found a dark black feather in this wooded area a good long ways from the bean field so i imagined in my brain i was like okay they've moved from that wooded area to this field so they should be hanging around the field so i started archery turkey hunting on the field and never saw anything other than deer and so finally i started moving around after two mornings of doing that so what i'm doing is i'm hunting every morning before work i get up at 4.30, I work out for an hour and then put my camo and everything on and go hunt for an hour, first mm-hmm. hour of daylight. So that's what I've been doing every morning. So finally, I, I had been finding turkey sign, found turkey sign, found fresh turkey sign. I found lots of turkey sign, but it was all hen sign. And so finally, I found that black feather and I went back to where it was this past Friday. And I had my bow still because shotgun season opened on Saturday, finally. Thank you, Lord. And I went back to where the black feather was that was obviously a gobbler breast feather or Jake, I suppose, but it looked like a gobbler feather to me. And when I walked up there, I walked over the top of this hill and when I topped out, a very large turkey jumped up in front of me and flew away. And then a second one jumped up and it was real thick in there. I couldn't tell, you know, couldn't see a beard or anything, but they looked very big and they looked very black. And I found some more feathers that confirmed the sex of that which I was pursuing. Mm-hmm. So I knew I had two males in there. You know, it could have been jakes, could be gobblers, I don't know. So this is my first sighting of the turkeys. So I'm pumped. So I go home, go to work, work all day, and then the next morning is opening day of shotgun turkey season in Tennessee for the fall. And the fall we get, I believe it's, we get two, we get a full week and then six days. So what is that? 13 days of hunting for turkeys with a shotgun. So not many, but I had luckily been out archery hunting for, you know, nine days. So I kind of, I'd already, I was ahead of the game. (laughs) Yeah. But you can only kill, is it one gobbler per county in the fall? Yeah, so in Tennessee, that, that's the rule. One bearded bird per county. Okay. And that, you know, that's still crazy to me, but it's significantly better than, I think it used to be three birds either sex per county. Yeah. And there were people who could shoot 30 birds, you know, in Tennessee legally in the fall. 
all hens if they wanted to. So anyways, they've stepped their game up there at least. But so the thing I like about it is I can still turkey hunt. So I'm planning on going in the morning, but <laughs> to a different county. But anyway, the next morning I looked at the weather forecast. It was supposed to be 37 degrees, crystal clear mm-hmm. and absolutely beautiful. No wind, nothing. And I thought, I even told my brother this is like, you know what? If there's ever a morning they might let some gobbles out in the fall, this is it. Like, this is the morning. And so my plan was I had bumped the birds the day before at 7.36 a.m. And so I thought they're roosting nearby to there because they're not flying down to probably 6.50. Right. And so I thought they're roosting near there. They're feeding there on something. So I'm... My plan was I'm going to go in and I'm literally just going to sit down right where they were standing yesterday because everything I've read about gobblers in the fall is they can really be creatures of habit. And so I went and set up right there, got there plenty early, got sat down just in case, you know, they might be roosted right over me and sat down, got my box call out, got my gun set up. I was perfectly set, real comfortable. And the morning starts coming on. And first thing that morning, and so it was cold, but I immediately after that, for some reason, started shaking uncontrollably. <laughs> and I don't think it was from the cold weather. <laughs> yeah. So it was just like so unexpected. You know, I thought if they're going to gobble, it would be today. But, you know, you still you don't go to the fall with expecting for them to gobble, you know? Yeah. And so that I was over the moon. Like he gobbled that first time, and I was like, "All right, I can pack it up. I can go home right now. Great day, best day of the fall so far." You know. <laughs> but I decided I think you know I, I will stay here for a little longer, just see what happens. You know, yeah. maybe he'll gobble again. Um, yeah, yeah. may as, as well just see how things play out and how yeah. far gobble from you. So the, he was about. From where I was standing, I'm looking at Onyx right now, to the roost tree, 142 yards. Okay. So he gobbles the first time. I spin around on the tree and get to where I'm facing his direction. And so I get my box call, and I do two gobbler clucks. And immediately, two of them gobble. One of them's probably 95 yards. The other one's 120 or whatever I just said. And so when they both gobble, I take my call and put my band on it and wait. And then they both gobble again. And then I gobbled at them and then they gobbled again. And so I had audio of all this to let everybody know, but somehow screwed it up and ended up with only 12 seconds of audio. So luckily Mm. it's a good 12 seconds. So this I'll play this for y'all. It's just a quick little clip of me gobbling on my box call and then you're going to hear a crow and then you're going to hear two fall gobbles so here's that little clip while they're on the roost all right okay so if that doesn't get you fired up i don't know what will you got to hear them gobble in october I'm standing here now in full strut drumming. That's oh, yeah. Not me. That's what that's basically what I was trying to do in there, you know, because I'm trying to act like a gobbler. So mm-hmm. we get to gobbling and, you know, I do some clucks every now and then and gobbling at them and they're gobbling because I figured my best bet is to do what they're doing. You know, if they were gobbler yelping, I'd be yelping at them, but they're gobbling. 
so I'm going to gobble, you know? Yeah. And I can tell they fly down, and all goes silent. And so I just kept clucking on my box call, just puck, puck, every now and then, thinking they're going to come slipping in, you know, silent. They're just going to come slipping in, either that or they're going to start clucking when they get close. And we're going to start clucking back and forth, trying to locate each other. Mm-hmm. Well, they never show. So I'm sitting there and I'm very getting a little impatient. But I you know, told myself, you know, last year, if anybody remembers from my fall story last year, when I sat down, I said, I'm not moving to 830. I'm not moving to 830 no matter what. And that's what ended up killing that turkey last year. So this year I said the same thing, except I said, I'm not moving till nine o'clock. No matter what, I'm not moving till nine o'clock. Well, there was one thing i didn't think about if that happened and at eight o'clock all was still silent all of a sudden he gobbles and he's moved straight south away from me probably 250 yards from where he roosted and so he is at this point from me 260 yards total he's come to my side of a railroad track that i was hunting near but he's further down he went past me kind of thing okay and so he gobbles and then he gobbles again and then he gobbles again and i was like holy crap i gotta get moving so i jump up and i start running basically running towards it and so i'm kind of jogging a little ways i stop and i go a little closer and he just he is just literally every breath this turkey is gobbling and I get to probably 75 yards from him. So I'm going to play another clip. This is my only other recording I have for you guys. But this is me walking towards the turkey. You'll hear when I pause, he will gobble. And then you'll hear me start walking again. And that happens a couple times. And then I sit down, he gobbles really close. And then I gobble at him. So here's that audio clip for you guys. It's about four minutes.
right. So I thought my gobble sounded great. To be honest, that was probably my best gobble of the day. I was really proud of it. The turkey, on the other hand, not as proud, I guess. Do you think it sounded just too good? It could be. I don't know. I like when it happened and you you guys heard the audio. I thought it sounded good. I mean, I did it and like I, I even kinda sat against the tree like, oh man, you know, that was that was right perfect. Like you just nailed that one. And <laughs> yourself yeah. on the back. Yeah, yeah, I mean I was all proud. Like, he probably came in, I was sitting there, you know, tooting my own horn, didn't even see him or something, but I, I was pretty proud of that gobble. And I did it right after he did because I wanted to kind of gobble back at him right well he never gobbles again never saw him again so obviously he wasn't nearly as proud of it as i was yeah and after sitting there sweating pretty much with my gun you know i'm bearing down on it thinking he's coming you know it went silent because he's coming right now he's probably running over the hill after doing that for a good 45 minutes i finally ease up and figured out he's he's gone he's left the country and he's silent now so i don't know what happened at about eight o'clock that made that turkey do that i did scare a lone turkey out of a tree about 30 minutes later so i almost wonder if a coyote or bobcat or you know whatever scared the flock of turkeys and busted them for me kind of thing because he just started just gobbling his brains out at eight o'clock randomly but that's all just theory i guess you don't think the turkey that you scared out of the tree was a tom do you no it was a hen okay it was a small turkey okay so i don't think it was him uh, anyway and you know i knew they had already flown down but that was just a theory i had because i scared this random lone turkey out of the tree and i just wondered if if something had happened to split them up and that's why that turkey was gobbling so hard because you know They'll gobble a little bit on the roost typically in the fall, sometimes very seldom still, but uh, you don't hear many stories of them just repeatedly gobbling at eight o'clock. Right. So anyway, at this point, after I scared the lone hen out of the tree, I thought I'm probably going to do more harm than good by walking up in here further. So I'm just going to ease out, go back to the car and go get some late morning breakfast and go hunt a different area. And I'll come back this afternoon. So that was the plan. So side note to the hunt, let's talk about me walking back to the car. Okay. I'm walking down the railroad and I see my car at 30 yards from me. You know, I'm, I'm back pretty much. To my left is a ditch next to the railroad where I guess they dug out to build up the railroad and a pipe that runs under the road where my car is parked. So I'm 30 yards from the car. So I start unloading my gun because I'm like, OK, you know, hunt's over for this spot. Well, I look up and two pit bulls come walking up out of the woods, out of that ditch. And they look, you know, peaceful. They look like good dogs, you know, good boys. And so I thought, you know, I've never had a bad experience with a dog, so I didn't really think much about it. Well, all of a sudden, the front one lays his ears back, shows all his teeth, and starts barking and growling, and then takes out in a dead run at me. Mm. and the second one's right behind it. and my shells are currently zipped up in my pocket so i'm wow you know adrenaline starts pumping <laughs> how hard so, when they started running at you 25 yards yeah so i don't have you know dogs are pretty quick i don't have enough time to unzip a pocket load a shell into the gun and kill him because yeah. if i could have i definitely would have like, without a doubt, I would have shot that dog in a heartbeat because it was literally trying to attack me. So the 
front dog, unlucky for them. I was a baseball player my whole life. So I trained really well on how to swing bat-like objects. And it happens to be that a shotgun can be used very easily like a bat. Mm-hmm. It can. So the front one, I load up. Like that was my first instinct is I take the gun off my shoulder with the sling and load, you know, load it back up like I'm holding a baseball bat with my front leg, my left leg pointed towards the dog like he's the pitcher. So he's three feet from me, opens his slobbery freaking mouth, and he's coming to grab me by the leg. And I teed off on him. So I'm holding the gun by the stock. I swing, the barrel crushes against his head uh, right in the ear pretty much, and I rock him off the left side of the railroad track. So he's that, that dog's down for a second at least. Yeah. And so at this point, I'm finishing my swing, so my gun's over my left shoulder. Well, the dog number two is coming from my other leg on my right side, so I pretty much just take the gun from my left shoulder and rotate it straight overhead. And then with all my back hammer pound that dog on top of his head. And that was all he wanted. And that was all the other one wanted. And they got the crap out of there after that. So, well, luckily I did not have any injuries, didn't even get bit, but had I not had something to hit them with or protect myself with, they would have either mauled me very heavily or killed me. And, you know, I don't know which one it would have been, but I will say for all you guys out there that are like me and you you go scouting and you don't have anything with you because you don't carry a gun scouting, I'm going to get a pistol or something because that freaked me out. I mean, if, if I had been scouting in that instance and just walking along that railroad scouting, those dogs would have tore me up. Like, I'm talking bad. No doubt. So that freaked me out. But I got past that, got in the car. I'm also not going to unload my gun until I'm standing at the car from now on, but drove to a new spot. All right. That is all that we've got for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast with some fall turkey killing going on in it. If, and I can't even believe I'm saying if, but if you would like to hear the rest of this week's episode, then you can do one of two things. You can become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast, and that will give you access to all of the premium content of our past episodes, as well as the premium content for the next 52 weeks. And, of course, the premium content for this week's show where there are shots or shot fired. And you can do that by texting the word Turkey Hunter. Make it one word and text it to the number 44. Two, two, two. After you do that, I'm going to send you a series of instructions that you can follow. And then eventually I will email you a link that you can click on where you can create your username and password to the Podbean application and pay the $18 per year annual subscription for the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. But if 18 bucks is too much to swallow right now, Cameron, can you tell them how they can listen to the rest of your hunt at a lower price? If you're not ready to dive in with the $18 a year subscription, you can go to our website, IamTurkeyHunting.com or the TurkeyHunterPodcast.com and find this episode followed by the letters PS. That stands for Premium Single. You'll click on that, you'll pay us 99 cents, and you'll get the full episode from this week only. 
You can do that for this episode or any of our past episodes that may interest you to where you would like the full premium content. With that, you'll get the remainder of our discussion of my hunt. You're going to get a very interesting fact this week about turkeys that I read about. And you get to hear Andy and I talk some more. So why would you not want to do that? So if you don't want to go $18, there's your $1 option to get the rest of this week's episode. Very good. Well, since you gave a fact of the week, I'm going to give the favor of the week. Let's hear it. It's going to sound a lot like last week's favor. Sounds good to me. And that is if you've got a friend, family member, or maybe you just want to put yourself up, nominate yourself. We are going to do a listener spotlight show probably right around Christmas, New Year, something like that. And we would love to have you, the person listening to this right now, on our listener spotlight show or the person that you recommend on the listener spotlight show and they can do one of many things they can be an awesome turkey hunter maybe they've got a great story about a big bird that they killed or a tough bird or a character bird that they want to share or maybe they're doing some great things in the turkey hunting community taking our wounded warriors out or maybe handicapped sportsmen and women or kids whatever it happens to be if you know someone like that and would like to nominate them or nominate yourself to be our first ever listener featured on the turkey hunter podcast for this type of episode we would love to hear about it so email me andy at i am turkeyhunting.com or you can get in touch with cameron on his social media platforms and he's going to tell you how to do that yeah, so Instagram, you can get in touch with the Father 49 G-O-B Father 49 or Facebook, Karen Weddington. Look me up on there. I'll be the guy with the turkey pictures all over the place. That's me. Awesome. All right. Well, then let's call it a week. Sounds good to me. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.